No, I just want to get them when they're young. <laughs> You're going to hell. So what's up? What's going on, everybody? This is the Cloud9 Podcast Season 4, Episode 11. So, yeah, it's been kind of slow for the LOL esports scene because, you know, all the regions are done with their finals and the playoffs. All that stuff is done. Uh, we're going to have this episode, which is pretty much centered on the LEC, talking about Rogue, who are the LEC 2022 Summer Split Champions, talking about the teams going to Worlds. I did have episodes planned for the LCK and the LPL. Now, given the fact that I actually have a lot of other things I have to do on my main YouTube channel, I'm pretty sure those episodes won't be able to happen just the way you probably thought they were, but we'll still have Cloud9 podcasts, you know, every Wednesday at this time frame because it's still content for you guys, you know, on the channel. But I'll still have, like, news videos come out for you guys. There's a few news videos I have to do that have actually piqued my interest. So, you know, we had the EULCS not ever come true because I am Big Daddy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, God. But... Huh, the it, it's so hard to navigate uh, today's show because when people actually watch this show on the replay, they're just going to bypass all the context. They're going to bypass everything and legitimately just go to the part that we're going to be talking about the G2 Esports, uh, you know, and Carlos and Andrew Tate drama that ended up happening this past weekend. But it's all just how you kind of want to navigate things uh i think sean is coming i think he is he might be dead but we'll see how it goes honestly so yeah actually let's just get the biggest elephant out of the room all no we'll probably talk about rogue first yeah, we'll talk about rogue actually first and we'll go to the games and we'll go to the lec actually so we'll start with that we'll go talk about the uh lec then we'll talk about andrew tate and then we'll talk about the han summer thing yeah structure warren Having fun, right? Oh, the fun. Oh, no. The, the fun. Okay. Let me make sure I write stuff down in the private chat. Rogue, Andrew, Tate, and Hans Sama. There we go. All right. So, Rogue have finally won a title. Finally. So, I'll, I'll say this, people. It's actually a good thing that Rogue have won their first title. Because people need to factor in, Europe has just been dominated by G2 and Fnatic for and a very, very, lines. very long times. You know, it's like out of most of the splits that have ever occurred in Europe since like 2013, since it kind of started, all that shit's been won by essentially two orgs. Last year, you had Man Lions winning, which is really good. It was, it's glad to splits. see that. Yeah, they won both splits, which is which is good. And then this year, you had G2 winning their ninth title in spring. And you had Rogue winning their first title. So that's actually a good thing because people have always asked for other EU teams to win. And I've always said this too. It's like, I don't want other teams to win just, just because. And you have to be good enough to win. You know what I mean? Like, you gotta, like, I don't want no fucking, like, I, I don't know. People have this, like, weird thing with themselves where, like, other people should be winning. It's like, are they good enough to win? Yeah, like, I, I wouldn't want, you know, organization like Team Vitality winning just because. Like, why are they winning? Why do you want I them want to, win? to win? And SK. Are, are they even going to be in the league coming into the next year's spring? <laughs> uh, maybe. Maybe. SK Gaming, I think, will be there. Astralis, I don't know. I don't know about that. 
Well, Holy yeah, shit. I just saw that they let um, they let Gen X uh, explore opportunities, and I saw today yes. that uh, Self Made and LeBron also are, yeah. are, are can look for other opportunities as well. Okay, you know what, what we're gonna gonna do? Let's talk about Team Vitality. Guess what? Team Vitality, Rogue, Andrew Tate. And Han Sama. All right, guys. Okay, so let's talk about the, Vi- the Vitality Super Team. So the Vitality Super Team was constructed with Alfari, Selfmade, Perks, Lebrov, and Karzi. And in spring, earlier this year, I mean, that roster looked like... like, like they, they played like shit, guys. I'm not going to lie. They actually played really bad. Like, you guys can go back and watch episodes around that time period of this show when we were talking about them. Bad. Like, legitimately bad. Like, the only good player on their roster was just Perks, which is surprising. Surprising Surprising because, like, people thought he was was going to maybe be the weakest link of the team coming back from NA and not playing to go over here. I think Perks potentially should have been an MVP candidate in some of these splits that we just had. But outside of just Perks, Karzi and LeBron were a horrible bot lane. You could could probably argue they were potentially the worst bot lane in the league. I don't think I ever watched... Oh, no, come on. It's an argument you can make for that. They played horrible, dude. <sighs> what, they, like, can't, I, they can't be worse than BDS. Oh, <laughs> that that is... <laughs> okay, is there an argument to be made that maybe X Maddie won more laning phases than Carsey? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> like, when you're assembling this team, you're thinking like, oh, yeah, you're going to have Carsey, LeBron, you're going to have... Alfari, Perks, and Selfmade, it's going to all come together. The problem here is what people don't understand is Vitality's rosters have always played out like this. You know? Vitality's rosters always play out like this. I don't know if it's coaching. I don't know if it's infrastructure, player egos, practice. Player maybe egos. They, maybe how they see the game. I don't know. But I've literally witnessed Vitality in EULCS since, since they became a team, since they came in back in 20. 16 EULCS spring. That's a, remember, guys, they came in the same split that G2 came in. Okay? Came at the exact same time. They bought their spot from another org. The G2 came into the challenger scene because they relegated SK Gaming. It's a game going back, back, back into the challenger scene. Team Vitality's best year was 2018 when they went to Worlds and they got, I think, fourth place in the spring and they got third place in the summer. That's their best year. They've had, like, one good year, people. One. They've been a league since as long as G2, okay? Let's factor this in. They've had one good year where they went to Worlds. Their highest placing has been third. They went to Worlds as a second seed because of, you know, championship points from back then. And every other year has been a disaster. They build good, good enough rosters on paper, but something just never gels with these good rosters that they build. They've had not always shitty rosters, you well, know? I think um, I think the roster with Leader and and Jigenda and Selfman, I think that needed a little bit more. They started to seem like they they mm-hmm. were starting to mesh because they took they took remember twenty twenty one Fnatic had to go through them in a best of five in order to make Worlds right, and they could have potentially won that series. I think the problem is with these super teams is that it's what we talked about me and Cole 
uh, talked about is that you can't. They're just they're just irrelevant nowadays. It's more like a superstar, a really good player, and then three supporting cast people. Right. It's not. It's not no more like two superstars or three. I'll, I'll, I'll even give you guys an example. KT Rolster after that super team for them failed at Worlds 2018. Remember, guys, that KT super team was supposed to, like, win a bunch of titles, go to Worlds, make finals, potentially win Worlds. Their highest... They won one title, and they made top eight at Worlds. After that, you never saw KT build any more super teams. They were like, nah, done. Mm -mm, No more. (laughs) Like, fuck that shit. (laughs) To be fair, right, Mm -hmm. they... The problem with KT Rolster was that uh, one, the the quarterfinals was honestly the finals of that 2018. Let's let's be honest, because the mm-hmm. when IG IG just swept. That was a quick. That was a quick final, right? So <laughs> that was the that was the real finals. We we can all really be honest. And then the problem was was that you had Smeb in the top lane and Deft in the middle lane. So now you're playing completely mm-hmm. so far away on the map it's like because it's not like you can play top mid and leave bot alone because that's not where your superstar was i forgot who was the mid laner for it was Yukal, right so it's like Yukal was your supportive so i think that was their problem they split the map so much that it's like how can you do anything when you have your top laner you know like Pathing wise, you know, priority. Who do you play for? That that's a soul. That's what I think. But to go back to the vitality thing, because I didn't mean to go on a rant. Um, like we need to really break down the the roster to be quite honest with you. Okay, so if we're gonna start with just Alfari, Alfari from Worlds twenty twenty one didn't even perform that well, honestly. Like I think a lot of people like him from name value alone, you know? Like, if people look at his world's performance, because we mentioned this before, and I made sure we hammered this in. If you take their most recent performances, they're pretty wonky, you know? You take Alfari's most recent performance at that moment in time was Worlds. He did not play that good. He actually lost. He lost to Birdle. Birdle of all people. I could see losing to, like, Ale and Arma. They're about, you know, on his level, which is fine. If you lose to someone on your level, then that's fine. Man lost to Birdall, and he also lost all of his laning phases, too. He wasn't playing good. So I really don't know what Team Vitality saw in his performance at Worlds to make them go, man, I got to have that guy on my roster, the guy that lost all his laning phases in an international competition, and also against a guy that he's, you know, faced before. I don't know. You know? Alfari this year just was, was irrelevant. The, like, what made him good, people figured it out, and then they, they just exploited him. And he also wasn't that lane dominant. He never really worked with the team all that much. His singular way of wanting to play the game that way is just so exploitable. You, 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 I just can't see a person like that ever winning a championship domestically, let alone doing well at Worlds ever. I think, I think in the regard, well, in regards to Alfari, he was better when when he was on Misfits when they played him weak side. He was much better because he was like winning matchups. They were sending ganks. I think the moment, like, and this is again the EU um, 
and the analysts and casters and people around the league, they put this like, yeah, Alfari's this guy that, you know, he should be a top whatever. When people keep, and I blame the Fischio for this, no offense to the Fischio, of course, he kept bigging up Alfari from like his misfit days to origin. And I just don't, like he really hasn't lived up to his name. Like, Say what you want about Perks, right? And we're, we're not, mm -hmm. we're, I'm, I'm sure we're going to get into Perks. Alfari hasn't won a championship on any team, either NA or EU. Like, he, like, and I think the only real accomplishment he has within the last, uh, since four years, which was 2018, is making one world's appearance. I mean, to be fair, he had a team with, Ups I think if you have upset Nuke Duck. Oh, sorry. When Two worlds appearance. Remember 2017 Misfits? The top eight at Worlds? No, no. I'm not counting that. I'm saying recently. Oh, the oh recently. recently yeah. All he's made was just the one just LCS finals and just Worlds. That's worlds. it. Yeah. And, yeah. And, not, and not a championship. So his resume isn't bad, but it's but if you compare it to, say, someone like Broken Blade, who goes from NA to EU wins. He he swaps regions, right? Uh, he takes a year. He, he goes on Schalke, doesn't work out. But then next year he goes to MSI. He's back at Worlds. He wins a domestic top title. I mean that's that that makes me question: Should I even keep Afari? To be quite honest with you, so I think his stock value has gone down. Um, he's, yes, you can be a great laning phase, but after the game isn't one in 15 minutes, the game is one when the Nexus is, is gone. Um, so that's my thing. I think here with Alfari is if you're only really good at one style and you can't really play multiple other styles, then it's not that even maybe you're not even that good. It's just it just borderlines on how can a team really utilize that? Because there are games you're not going to win laning phase all the time, you know? And Alfari this year, like even on the picks that he himself can play very well, like Jax, Gangplank, Nar, Orin, champions like that. Or maybe because, you know, sometimes it's the meta with some of these players, like the meta changes and they're just not that good at playing the other champions. But Alfari normally plays a tank like if he was playing a carry top laner anyway. But I just didn't think he played that good this year. I thought this is this is by far and away his worst year. There was some there was a, a year, it was a 2021. No, 2020. Their origin was like 10th place. And you saw that this guy's got some talent. He's really good. But then again, it's like were we only were people only looking at that because being on a 10th place team made his performance stand out? Because I think at the end of the day, still on a tenth place team, you know, like it's it's one of these things where I don't know what people put their real stock and value into anymore when it comes to players, you know. And imagine building a team around around Alfari and Persia going, okay, I have a strong top laner, a shot calling mid laner with a, a nice veteran presence, right? A playmaker, a playmaker uh, mid laner. Yeah. So 
do you think they would get rid of him? Because I think they would potentially just get rid of him at this no. point. I mean, if they're making LeBron, clearly they're looking to stick with Alfari and Perks if they're made LeBron. Then Cause, yeah, because to be fair, they paid Cloud9 and Team Liquid a lot of money for these players, so they want to make something work with these guys. I, you think, know? I think what's going to happen is uh, with the recent performances of, like, like, let's, like, if we were to look at the LEC overall, right? A lot of teams had, didn't spend, like, a big amount of budget, and the playoffs went down to a very, very close run. Like, there was possibility where, what, like, six or something, or what, depending upon the scenarios, tiebreakers. So now, if I'm Vitality, right, and I look and I see Astralis, SK, um, Misfits. Misfits had a cheaper roster than than probably all the teams that are currently in Worlds, but they made it. They made it to the second. I think they made it to the second round, right? I believe. Um, you're like saying too much. I'm saying to myself, well, maybe I should invest in rookies because look what G2 did. They That's a dark. What's up, man? Look what G2 did. They got rookies. Well, Flockett. What's up, man? Flockett's a rookie. Talking about he's been bouncing but he's like, like the one year i mean right right so yeah he's he's like a he's like a sophomore right yeah uh, but plug him what's up man but when you look at that in that sense it's saying to me you know what let's go back to having two veterans or three veterans maybe a supporting veteran and it's like it's like that's what i'm saying the makeup now is a really good player like if i look at g2 that's what i think of I got my really good player in caps, right? I got Broken Blade, who's really good in the top lane. He can he can have his bad days, but he's really good. He's not the best, but he's really good. Then I have Yankos, who supports me. And then I have my insurance, which flocked in targets. I'm just using them as a makeup. I'm not saying that they're the best team, but if you look at that, that's a very good sort of um, roadmap in building teams. So the problem is now that I think they're like, you know what, let's let's see what's on the market. I mean, there's a I, I wouldn't I I wouldn't be surprised if they try to go for upset after after uh worlds because I don't think that fanatic team is staying together, to be quite honest with you. So that's my thing with Team Vitality is maybe you keep Perks and Alfari. We know they're gonna promote Bo. Both I mean Bro's a player that they literally already alluded to coming into this. You know, they brought in Haru and Bo. They're going to get their issues worked out with Bo to get him to play. So you're going to have Perks, Alfari, and Bo. If Bo's as good still as he was back when he played in the LPL, that could be a really scary team only if Alfari and Perks can work with this guy. You know, because I think that Perks and Alfari might require too many resources. Maybe they might want to be the player they has to get funneled through because the bot lane, I think if they go with the bot lane, similar to what Damwon has a bot lane that could just either go even and, or be ahead sometimes is also good for them. Having what they had in LeBron and Karzi is not going to work. Not like that. They're, they could never play through their bot lane because they were either one already always behind or they weren't or they're always CS behind. They were behind on XP behind on wave management never there to the first of the fights. It was really bad from their bot lane. So I, I could see a world where they give her the entire bot lane completely. I don't think Karzi's staying. There's no way you keep him. Unless he's that shot-calling presence. But it's like, are, 
are you valuing shot calling presence with that guy? Or are you just trying to like save face with him? Because that he has cool target selection in team fights. That's great. You can get anybody else to do that. It's like, what is like, what would you be doing there? You know, I, I think, um, I think Carzy, well, I, I, I well, uh, so I guess we're done with Lafari. Yeah. Oh, uh, so, so what do you think about perks then? I think you keep perks. His performance this year justified it. I think there was the games that people said he he kind of ran it down on a collie. Remember the, the, those spring games against G2? I was right. like, what can you do? He's trying to carry the team and trying to split push and trying to create pressure on the map. I think he legitimately tried everything he could to carry his team to the finish line. But at a certain point, League is not a one-team – sorry, a one-man game anymore like it unless used to Chovy. be. Yeah, unless you're Chovy, you're just – a god. <laughs> Let's just fucking Jesus or some shit. Like, I, I firmly believe Perks tried his best. I, he also played well, too. Individually, he also played well. But what it, what do you put around Perks to make him more accelerate? Because his performance would be accelerated with a jungler like Bo, potentially. If he's as good as they say he is, that means Team Vitality might be the Team Vitality we expected this year. We're just going to get them next year. But this is Team Vitality, so I'm not holding my breath. <laughs> Well, in regards to Perks, I think he played his role very well. Uh, Bo, if you, I mean, he might not have been playing, but I'm assuming during this time he's been learning English, which is good. So now, all this time, I'm sure that he's been learning English, doing solo queue, probably, probably communicating, trying to get his to break the language barrier. So that might not be an issue. Come. But January to January this uh is when the uh yeah. splits are. So I would say I was somebody he would have some basic um the basic the language barrier would be broken. Perks, who do you put around him? I think you go I think it really depends. Like you have to, I, I think when the world is over I mean, we just saw that Han Sama, well, and I know we're going to talk about him later. I'm not. I'm just mentioning him. We just saw that Han Sama is going to come back, so I wouldn't be surprised if Vitaly aren't going to be in talks with him. I wouldn't be surprised if they're going to be in talks with um, Upset because I think Upset is pretty much done with Hillisang. That's my. That's what I see with the human eye. Fnatic was not that great, even with the with the players they had. I can't blame Razork. I really can't with the players they have. It's like, it's like, come on, you have Wonder, Feminoid, Upset, Illusang. Razork is clearly not going to be a carry. So I don't, I didn't like the scapegoat. But so I can see them trying to either go for uh, those two or potentially an ERL player. Yeah. Uh, an, it, ER, an ERL support that they, because. We're talking if, like oh, just their bot lane. I think they're just much better ADCs than Karzy. Or they keep Karzy and they find like an, because. Or maybe it's a support, because we know this too. Like, dude, look, supports are really a catalyst of how an ADC could be enabled in their laning phase. Maybe it would just help. LeBrov, I think, had like two good games all year. I'm not even being joking, guys. I think the guy had legitimately only had two good games all year. There's a game on Lulu, he played pretty well, and there's a game on Nautilus, he played pretty well. Outside of those two games that I'm remembering right now, not even being hyperbolic, not just recent bias or anything, he legitimately stunk. He legitimately was an awful player. Now, yeah. maybe, it was, now maybe it was bot lane synergy. Maybe Cards wasn't the right ADC to enable him. I don't know, because bot lane is all about 2v2 synergy. 
You know, it's like a marriage with your wife. You got to have synergy with your wife to perform very well. <laughs> right. And, it, and, and a perfect example is like, look at Astralis, that Jung Hyun guy comes in as yeah. a rookie. Mm-hmm. And him and Kabe, they solid bot great. lane, actually. They, they was, I, was, I would call, I'd say the like B minus bot lane, which is yeah, still above middle of the pack. They, they played very well, so actually. It might be a support. So those are their two options. Um, I think. I think the era of Super Team, which I had wrote in a Twitch chat and I mm-hmm. said said on Twitter, I think that era is over. I think that the G2 team of 2019, regardless of region, will never be. Besides, yeah, because 2018 was also, was it 2018 or 2019? Oh, was it 2018 or 2019? For which one? G2. For a Super Team? Yeah. 2019. Actually. 2019. Yeah, so yeah. I, actually, KT Rolster was a super team. And, and mm-hmm. uh, well, I don't Team know. Liquid just tried that this year as well. <laughs> yeah. So and that the, definitely worked, right? Yeah, point being, the, the super team is over. Uh, the problem with Lebrov is he's touted by people from solo queue to analysts that he is a good player. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's one of those things where kind of like how Vander had left. Um, I forgot when Vander left the team. He left Schalke, and then he went to Rogue, and he did really well. It mm-hmm. could that, that could be a situation, because it could be just he might be do better. Look at, remember Comp? Comp mm-hmm. was on Vitality. People forget yep. that. Remember, they benched him for a crown shot. It was shot. not as good. You can even tell the crown shot wasn't as good as him, but maybe crown shot fit the mold of what they needed in their team at that time. But they sacrificed getting rid of a good player to another org that ended up winning a title with this guy. I was like, I mean, people, I know people ragged on Vitality for that, but in their perspective, from their perspective, if comp isn't fitting what they need in that moment, because when you know all the splits going in that moment, you, you have to change something to get wins. It's a lot different. You know, you're not thinking about the future in that moment when you're losing a lot of games, you know, like, I know it's a bad decision. It is. But in that moment, I could understand why you do it because if you're losing a lot of games, you got to make a change. If he's the guy that is not doing potentially what you need him to do, then he's got to go. But that also means that if he goes to another team and performs very well, he can't go like, oh, yeah, we had that guy at one point. It's like, yeah, you did, and you still let him go. <laughs> yeah, so I, I kind of agree with the, that recent comment. Uh, LeBron probably got griefed by Carzy. So that's I think they I'm, grieved each other. I think they, uh, yeah, I'm going to agree with that. <laughs> they grieved each other. They were playing. <laughs> you see how bad LeBron was? You see how bad Carzy played in some of them games? That was atrocious. I would give her the whole bot lane. I don't know. Because because one of the players said that they liked Cars for his, like, team fight decision making. But is that a real reason to keep him after I mean, this year? I mean, I see he, he has mechanical play. I think the problem is, is that he wanted to. I can't fault you for going where the money is and testing out another team, right? Because on paper, Vitality does have more money than Mad Lions. That's just a fact. Because of their, it's a Vitality is a well-known org. They have multiple teams across multiple, multiple games. So I can't fault the guy for doing that, and because he probably worked better with Kaiser. That's just because he's been with him for so many years, right? They understand each other. So, and and also, I believe that. I mean, I can't, you know, I, I think I think it's one of those cases. He's only 20. We have to figure that. 
So he's still young, and I think he probably got a good a lot a lot of good a good amount sorry of experience with working with these people, even if they're gonna let him go with perks so far. And I'm sure he learned even from Karzi so and having self faith and then swap with Haro. So maybe he goes to LCS. Maybe he get maybe he stays in LEC. I think it's better for him to stay in LEC. I think he's actually good. Uh, I think he just needs a bet. Oh, not good. I think he needs a bet another shot. <laughs> now we gotta also remember, mm-hmm. Team Heretics is in the is gonna be in the fold too. Yeah. So he could they could easily be like, okay, Yoink, we got you're on Team. The Heretics. only issue I see with that is a lot of these orgs that do kind of buy into the league. They don't ever really really build like good teams either like team bds who's owned by a guy who's pretty wealthy he built a pretty i mean they built a pretty like shitty roster you know they went with a bad approach i don't think they had a shitty roster aggressive was actually pretty good limit wasn't bad when he was on sk or limit actually kind of gave them a little bit of early game stability when he did play with them actually yeah limit's not that bad it's, it's just the fact that the roster was, was basically constructed not good, and I, I I don't know what Team Heretics' plans are. Maybe they'd look at like Karzi and, and or LeBron and go, okay, that's the guy we kind of want to build around. But I don't think those are players you want to build around. Those aren't the players that'll get you championships, you know. But th- that that's always been my thing. Like certain orgs buy into the league is kind of don't even build any level of roster anyone thinks about. It's just basically you know picking out ERL players at random uh, random leagues and and go, oh, okay, I'll, I'll just roll the dice and see if this works. I mean, but, yeah. You know, I, I, after this year, dude, I just can't see a world they keep more than two people. Yeah, I think only this person Alfari stay. You know, uh, and Bo. Oh, and Bo. Well, he 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 would come up because they would be getting rid of Haru. Actually, like right. not gonna lie, people ride ragged on Haru, and he played bad, and he but he wasn't super aggressive. But that's he came in like people got factor in. You come into a summer split. You're already missing out on spring, gelling with your team. So he's kind of coming in without the same level of time to work with the team as well, you know. But that's just how league is. I hope potentially Haru gets a team because I don't think he played that bad. I think he's a LEC he caliber might, jungler. He might go back to Korea. Who knows? Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's my take for Vital. I think the era of, I think overall between, I think E. LEC and mm-hmm. LCS should really stop the super team lineup. Um, cause mm-hmm. take a lesson from look at, look at uh, look at um, what's it called? Misfits, irrelevant. That guy stepped up his game and was like looking like yeah. at least a top five top laner at the end of by the end of the split. yeah played 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 good actually. So, like I think it's all based around like who are these orgs hiring to scout your talent. You know, because this is the thing is like a player like Irrelevant, people were like, yeah, this is not going to work out with this guy. Worked out pretty well because it's all just a gamble at the end of the day. You know, you just kind of roll your dice with these players. Now, for anyone who's watching this, what I think about Team Vitality, I think they keep Perks and Afari. You promote Bo, you get rid of Haru, and you get rid of Karzi, and you get rid of Lebrov. You know, but if the players all self made, remember self made still. Oh, he, I, oh, he, I, I, he was already been gone. He wasn't gonna ever come back. <laughs> well, he's still contracted to them, so you know. Yeah. He, uh, I don't know what's the situation. I don't even know. 
that's a good that's actually a good topic where do you where, where would you see self-made going you, you think an org wants self-made though that's the problem which org would take self-made as a thing well he's not toxic he just looked at the game but that's how he's gonna be, be, be perceived though i'm sure you know? he's i'm sure that he he has stream and i'm sure he's learned from it like I, he's not he's not on the level of say dardock because he's been <laughs> to worlds, right? But that's how orgs are going to perceive that is, oh, he's getting kicked off all these teams because there might be some synergy issues with players or they don't see the game that way. Because I, I think I, – I don't think it's because he's toxic. I think it's based on he wants to be the carry of the team when it's like league is just I – don't, I don't know. Having carry junglers like that just really haven't been a thing. I mean, there are carry junglers out there, you know, but that's – in other, like, that's more like the LPL and the LCK where, like, the team themselves are, like, facilitated to how their jungler can, you know, move and utilize uh, other things on the map. But the problem here with self-made is being a carry jungler and trying to get all the resources yourself is, like, is that really something that most teams are going to go for? I mean, also, I remember Team Vitality said why they got rid of him. I mean, it could be his PR bullshit, but... In-game synergy was a big thing, and not seeing the game the same way. There's been a there's been a lot of teams he's been on where they haven't seen the game pro, uh, on, on the same page. It's been a lot of teams he's been on. SK, Fnatic. The pure fact, right, he was on Fnatic at a certain point. Fnatic, one of the most prolific EU orgs in the LEC. He was kicked off Fnatic, you know? That's that's equivalent to, like, Dark. I, I guess you could say getting kicked off, you know, TSM, but... I think self-made. He, he was already gone. I never saw him gonna return to the roster, uh, and and I yeah, those are the only players I think you keep because if the players like Carzy, like they've mentioned, they like him. The problem though, you like somebody, but is that gonna really win you some championships? Because remember, guys, they bought personal forward to win titles. They're gonna do whatever it takes potentially and build a roster to win titles. So if you keep Perks, Carzy, and Alfari, okay, you would need a jungler that would know how to obviously facilitate which lane to play through. Now, if Alfari is taking too many resources, then you would have to kind of potentially play through perks. Or do you get a bot lane that is good and content with just going even and or winning certain laning phases? You know, maybe Lebrov really was the problem with the team, but there's no way that it all just falls on his shoulders. There's many reasons why their, their, their team played bad. Not always bad drafting too. Like that, that drafting was atrocious. These people are picking, these are blind picking jacks first rotation. What is wrong with you? Who, what level of drugs are you smoking? You are not, guys, you are blind picking Gangplank. Blind picking Ari. Like, I, I, I don't know. It's also drafting too. So we'll see just how it goes. But that's it for Team Vitality. Uh, Misfits are now going to be out of the LEC. They're done. They're going to be Team Heretics next spring split. Uh, kudos to, to Misfits, actually. They performed very well uh, when it mattered to get into playoffs. They pretty much bombed out of playoffs, which is what most people expected, though. You know, like, we knew they weren't a best-of-five team. They were just a decent best-of-one team, you know. Right. I mean, but so I, I know people were like, man, they bombed out of playoffs. You're surprised by that? Like, what? Everyone expected that. Like, yeah, they were a decent best-of – the same story in spring. They got – a few more wins than they should have based off other better teams throwing. People knew that when you got into playoffs, that wasn't going to work out, and it showed that wasn't going to work out. <laughs> I don't got, So I don't get this thing with people, dude. 
if you predict something's going to happen, you can see it in the games. It's, it's definitely happening. Then in playoffs, when it happens, people want to act surprised. What the flying fuck? People knew they wanted the best of five team. You saw that last split. <laughs> it's like, what in the, what's wrong with some of you people? Yeah, they switched out here for irrelevant, but that's not that. That's not going to change that much. I mean, that's just basically to get the more regular season wins. That was going to be that big of a change. They got completely blown out in playoffs. I think they won one game. They won, I think, at least two games in playoffs from these past splits. I'm pretty sure it was two because they beat G2 in one of the games, and they beat Rogue in one of the games. Yeah, they only won two games. They're a bad best-of-five team, you know? Out of all the games we saw them play, guys, they're a bad best-of-five team. I don't care if you're they're playing bad on the day or whatever. It doesn't matter, okay? Winning just that many games just shows that they just weren't that good as a team. But individual players, I thought Mer- I thought not Mersa, um, Neon kind of stepped up this year. Pretty solid ADC, all things considered. He's never going to always carry the game, but he's somewhat reliable. VTO is definitely going to a better team. You know, maybe think, he think, goes to XL. I think you know? XL... That's what I was thinking. Because remember, or... they wanted to get rid of Nutok already. They couldn't get Niski because you know money issues. Well, I, I think I think I think he's I think Vitio is an upgrade over Niski too. Hmm. It could be, yeah. Zanzara is meh. Yeah. Also, Zanzara got figured out in the playoffs because guys, Zanzara was fucking pretty pretty, pretty shitty. Like, I don't know how he was getting away with all them wins on Pop. There were games I literally saw this guy. Zero and five as Poppy. I was like, okay, that's not going to work out in playoffs. That's not going to work out. We have to adapt in different games. No way. But it was cool to see Zanzara get on a team and perform a little bit better than he did when he was on Astralis. Um, other than that, I, I, Mercer Shal- was like the only bad player on Misfits, though, I think. Mer- yeah. No, Shalatan, Sh- no, he got benched, remember? Oh, no, no. They had, um, did they have Shalatan? No, they had, no, remember, remember how they had Shalatan. They already benched him. I was talking about the, I was talking about Zanzara too. Like oh. Shotzum was already benched. Ah, uh, Mercer was fine. Remember, this is like his first rookie like year. I I I wouldn't mind seeing him another split. It's just the fact that I don't know if other teams will take him though. Because you know how esports teams are, dude. If you play bad in one split, you're probably you're may or you may or may not be on an org. Well, I mean, but look at comp. Maybe that's the thing though. I mean, we saw talent with comp though. That's a bit different though. Mercer, I mean, he tried his best. He, he he was out there trying. He's like, I got, I got, I got to get wins, guys. I'm getting wins. <laughs> God. I mean. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> I mean, I, I I don't I don't know. I think uh, I in, in to like circle back with with Vitaly. I think I think I don't know what they do. This is gonna be. You think Versa joins Team Vitality? Because I <laughs> I don't I don't know. They're gonna say I don't know. This is gonna. I think the offseason... This is going to be one of the best offseasons ever. Really? A this? lot of players' contracts are going to be up, actually. Yeah. So, we'll see. And then, uh, that that's pretty much it with Misfits, guys. I, You knew going to playoffs, they weren't going to do anything. They had a few decent players for what they could produce, but that wasn't going to win. That's not going to win you a title. It's not going to win you a championship. I mean, they... Yeah, they were kind of one best of five away from... You know, going to worlds, but they were gonna be fanatic. You know, I, I I predicted Excel to be fanatic, but this is the thing: Excel choked so hard. Now with Excel, well, did they really choke? Because think about it this way: they I think never, they choked. They, they never made playoffs since an exemption. I think the expectation, 
excuse me, I think the expectations were put on so high on them. Because think about it, prior, mm-hmm. they were just a meme team. Always seventh, always seventh. seventh and this year, ev- they finally broke out of that. In spring, yeah. they made it to playoffs. They got they're in a lower bracket. And summer, they made it into playoffs again. So Up and up from here. So I, I <laughs> can, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> But I don't know if XL can afford BTO. Or maybe they gamble and go with a unknown ER yeah, elevator. Yeah, yeah. I, I think at this point you get rid of. Uh, uh, you you need a soup. I think I think uh, um, they need a, a legitimate carry mid laner. They need a, super, they they need a superstar. Well, they have Patrick, who's really good. So I mm-hmm. think they need like a superstar player. You need, but they need that for the mid lane. So they, if they don't want to pay a top dollar for a player like. Vitio, or even a player like um, who's SK Gaming's midlander? I forgot his name. He was actually Certus. playing pretty good. Yeah, he was. I don't know. He was playing pretty solid. If they can, if they can get Certus, I think they might actually have a chance. But if you can't get Certus or Vitio, and you want to get rid of Nuke Duck, then you have to gamble on getting an ERL midlander that's also going to be your carry midlander. I don't know, and that's the thing is like. Against Fnatic, when I was watching it, I was like, I think XL could be Fnatic right now. I think they're the better team right now. It had, it had to be mental fatigue. I'm sorry. It had to be mental boom. They, because they were literally mental up fatigue to... Or it, 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 it's a combination of both things. It could be mental fatigue and choking because, dude, they were in that last team fight. One of them said to go to Baron and get Baron first or get Elder or whatever so they could win the game. They chose the latter decision and then lost. And I was like, you're winning this game three. You're going to knock out Fnatic to get yourself into the next round. Because I think if XL went to the next round, they would have just beaten Misfits. I'm pretty sure, you know, that's probably going to happen. How do you make the decisions that bad? I just don't see it. It's like, you're not the one losing. Why are you the one panicking? Like, it blows my mind, dude, that a team in the winning position with everything, you know, to lose and everything to gain, a team that really has been honestly performing super well, all things considered, throughout this year. I know they had the little fumble you know, toward the very middle part of summer, but they weren't losing to Fnatic, though. There's definitely more pressure on Fnatic to lose that series in Excel. I just don't see how teams can lose these series if they're in that much of a winning position. Well, I was going to say that if we look at if we look at Excel, right, I mm-hmm. think probably... I don't think Mickey X played that bad. Mm-hmm. I think, of course, you're going to keep Patrick. I think Finn goes... Definitely. I think, I think Finn goes. <laughs> I mean, not to be rude, but I think he was. He had some high highs, but more low lows. I think you get rid of Newt Duck, and um, you keep uh, you keep Markoon and Patrick and Mickey X. So that's my opinion, though. If if you want to keep Newt Duck, I think you should do good at getting rid of Finn. At least Finn. Because he he ran it down pretty hard, actually. So against um Fnatic XL guys choked, threw away their chances. Not going into next year, they have possibilities of what they could do. They showed that they can compete with the top teams in the LEC. But you know, when you have these years where you're kind of always looked at like a bottom team, and you start having this like uptick, you know, with your org, there's a certain point where you know a, a lot of the orgs that have won. In the past, when they had when they had these like upticks, it, you might need another year or two to finally get a firm grasp of like what it means and actually what it takes to actually be at the top, you know. Um, but now we'll be talking about Fnatic. So Fnatic, 
lost to Rogue. They lost to Rogue, you know? Now, the thing with Fnatic, people need to understand is Fnatic had been winning their games. Sure, they've been winning their games. They actually had an impressive win streak from when they needed to get into playoffs, and they had a nice win streak going, you know, to when they faced Rogue. They had won, I think, like... Okay, so they, hey. they won their lap. They lost, like, one of the games against uh, Misfits. After that, they beat Excel three games. They beat uh, Misfits three games. So, like, yeah, they were winning their games. They won when it really mattered for them to get further to go to Worlds. But none of their games were ever telling me that this team could do anything, not just alone internationally, as well as um, the way just Humanoid has been playing the game. Razor, Razor definitely stepped up for them. I'll say that. Razor stepped up for them. Upset and Hill is saying, I mean, this is Hillison playing so shit. Hillison is playing like just I think, I completely think this is last running year. it down. <laughs> God. Watching Hillison play, I was like, oh I, my I God. Think, I don't think that's a far cry from saying that this might be his last year. I think the biggest elephant in the room is how Yamato Cannon somehow always manages to keep his job because if let's be honest if but i know fanatic's gonna have a, a something's gonna change eventually but it's they fanatic they always it, change it, something <laughs> right, right so if they didn't make playoffs he's gonna he was gonna get fired immediately oh yeah for sure yeah <laughs> uh i think i think probably um i think upset leaves i think hillisane retires they probably keep humanoid and they probably keep Razor, and they get rid of Wonder. I think that's a team blow up, in my most in my. And I, I think you also get rid of Yamato. I don't think he's that great of a coach. Um, he's gotten lucky. That's my honest opinion. Like, because he literally had to go. This is the second year in a row with Fnatic. You had to get from the lower bracket. To make worlds when Fnatic is most is primarily an upper bracket team that like gets into the semis and they're guaranteed like the second or the first spot in the in the groups. They're not in plans, um, and that's my honest opinion. So for Fnatic, uh, it's just Razork and Humanoid just no synergy. Wonder is kind of just. A solid, okay top laner. Upset, I think it's still their best player by a very big margin. But it just doesn't feel like the roster has any idea of what they truly want to do, of how they want to play the game to an extent that's, like, at least cohesive, you know? So my thing with Fnatic is when they face Rogue, is like, yeah, you're going to get fucking destroyed. Because Fnatic, let's be honest here, like, I don't see why people have been saying that Fnatic choked. It's just more along the lines of, they weren't better than Rogue to begin with, though, really. You know, throughout this year, or just even if you just take the summer split, if you just take the summer split, they weren't playing better than Rogue. Even when Rogue were losing games and when Rogue were, was going to have these games where it looked kind of wonky for them or kind of close, I think Rogue, even in their weaker form, looked better than Fnatic in their weaker form. Fnatic in their weaker form looked completely all out of sorts. So I, I just, I don't think Fnatic choked because I don't think anybody expected Fnatic to actually win the title, you know? On like an org like G2 or Rogue, who had been performing very well all year, definitely were teams that you could see going, okay, now I can see this team winning a trophy. 
Now, we're going to be looking at the LEC 2022 Summer Split Finals. You had G2 versus Rogue. Uh, Rogue in this series definitely uh, destroyed G2. There was one play in Game 2 where Caps played very well on Lissandra. He made the Lissandra pick, and they ran up to try and end the game. But Malrang went in and stopped the wave for a little bit, and then that got him back into the game. But other than that, Rogue completely destroyed G2 in this finals, actually. Remember, this is a rematch of the LEC 2022 Spring Split, actually, where G2 3-0 Rogue. So Rogue was like, you know what? I'll just do you one better, actually. <laughs> so in the series, what I think was a really big problem with G2 was Broken Blade getting just completely destroyed. And Broken Blade had not been playing good, essentially, um, all summer split long anyway. So I'm pretty sure that wasn't a huge surprise to everyone. Yankos and Caps playing uncharacteristically bad in this finals was something that you also don't expect to see. Like, there was this ridiculous stat that Caps had won, like, so many of the last X amount of finals. You're thinking 21 to yourself, and 3. <laughs> so you're thinking to yourself, oh, hell yeah, dude. G2 could have won their 10th title. They'd be the first Western org to win double-digit titles if they had actually won this. So, Caps playing pretty much uncharacteristically really bad. Maybe just he's had a bad day. It happens to even the best players. You know, you have bad days. It just happens, right? Yankos playing with his eyes closed, brain off. Maybe he was thinking about the Korean girl he wanted to have sex with. I don't really know what it was. He played like shit. Uh, Flacken and Targamas, we've talked about them. They're not a bad bot lane, but definitely when the pressure's on... They definitely perform very well. I mean, you look at back to MSI 2022, I think Flackett played individually fine at that event. But when it came to the really important match against T1, and even during the losing streak, you saw the issues that their bot lane had. And I brought these issues up with G2's bot lane coming into the year is that under high pressure scenario situations, how well are they really going to perform? They have not been performing very well under pressure. And then when you're going to be going to Worlds, you know, in about, you know, a few weeks, Worlds is going to start. The main group stage will start very soon. How is Flackett and Targamas going to perform under a huge crowd? Because they couldn't do it here. That crowd is huge if you actually look at that shit. They yeah. couldn't even perform well under these people. How do you perform well at Worlds? Worlds is much more competition there. To be fair, um, I think, like, uh, I think, like, intensive put in the chat the comments mm. i think rogue finally did what people have been asking is stop playing so conservative stop playing for the late game stop and just playing go for slow, it and start playing more aggressive like mm -hmm. we saw we literally saw larson pick leblanc first Again, time caps, yeah. caps, and he literally capped he clapped caps. clapped <laughs> like he literally clapped caps so and and we're not talking we're not talking like one or two like he owned him on LeBlanc. Yeah. And yeah. Larson really showed that he is I think this one was important. This finals mm -hmm. was important for Rogue because Odawamne finally gets his first title. Or right. finally gets his their first title. Larson shows that hey, I can beat the best mid laner considered in Europe. And I, I'm I'm a top I'm a top mm -hmm. uh, mid laner in the league. 
So this was an important uh, finals for both for for Rogue in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think on the de- I just think that after the shellacking that they got from I forgot who three owed them to bring them to the lower bracket. It was actually G two. Yeah, yeah. After that shellacking, G two were six and zero against Rogue in the playoffs this year alone from the finals and just that match you just talked about. That's ridiculous so- to think about. Like, nobody expected Rogue to win either. A pure factor in, nobody expected Fnatic to win either. But nobody damn sure expected Rogue to win. Most people I mean, thought just G2 were going to get their 10th title. Like, that's why I said earlier, like, a Fnatic definitely... Well, Fnatic choked for different re- reasons. I think Rogue's is choking in the traditional sense of they always are at least a top two team in the regular season, or at least top three. At least top three. And they always finish very well in the playoffs, at least second place. Now, even last year, remember, last year, if they didn't actually throw they, when they had that Baron against Mad Lions, they'd have two titles now. That's so It's so crazy how a lot of how many finals and most important playoff games they've lost, they've gotten that far. You have to understand, dude, it's impressive just to even get that far consistently with different players, you know? They've gotten yeah. this far with different players consistently. Coaching staff has been very well for them. And remember how I told you this before? I didn't like how they try to make Malrong this conservative. Yeah, you know, what what's the word they make for impact? The one that you that that you call him, um, uh, conservative fucking weak side player or whatever, right? Yeah. I didn't like how they would make Malrong play that weak conservative style. It's like no Malrong, the way people thought he was like the MVP of spring. He's playing like this, going for different angles, you know, gank, hyper-aggressive ganking. Like, why would you try to change this guy? I was like, if you – why? That's his strength. Malwarn is exactly what they needed, a player that's going to find these different angles, gank r- repeatedly, uh, out-jungle his other opposition, invade whenever he feels like he can get an advantage over him. It's like, you try to change that place a lot. That's not him, essentially. If you want that player, go get that player. I don't think that's the player – that they thought he was anymore. And I like that they get, they allowed him to play his play style consistently like that. Because when Malrong is on, that means you know that Rogue are going to have a good game. Because a lot of the games that Rogue won, even just from this split, even from last split, a lot of them were because Malrong was consistently playing this hyper-aggressive, gank-heavy style. And people said, oh, it's going to get figured out. Well, you have to be good enough to actually beat it, too. You like People have their play styles, right? But the team also has to be good enough to stop that play style. And if you have a player like Genkos, which in theory should be able to kind of be able to handle that, you know, on any given day, that play style is going to definitely work out. But that's just me. I don't know how you feel about that well, stuff. Uh, I, well, I mean, I, I had wrote a, t- <laughs> I had wrote I a tweet. You. I had wrote a tweet that, uh, G- uh, Rogue is just built differently. And, um, it, I ended up, my tweet ended up coming to fruition. So, uh, again, I'm a prophet as per usual. I, I, I love how I predicted Rogue to win spring, but they win summer. I guess I was just too, I guess I was just too early on predicting it. I, I was too early. You um, know? I think, I think the thing is, we got to put into question that overall, overall, this split in the LEC was probably the most exciting to watch from, from playoffs, yeah. from playoffs. To, to, to first getting playoffs occurred, right? Because they teams, mm-hmm. we got to remember if Fnatic loses a game, they they were going to be out of playoffs. 
Yeah, they lose one BO5, they're done. <laughs> they, the, and, no, not the BO5. I think, I think it wasn't a BO5. It was like a, a tiebreaker game. Oh, yeah. Season. In the regular season, if they didn't win a certain amount of games, they actually wouldn't even make the playoffs to begin with. Right. So yeah. we have to we have to look at that in that sense. And then I think that Rogue just prepared very yeah. well. Um, look at this game, guys. Comp was like, I'm gonna take Caitlyn, who's not something you not an ADC you traditionally pick in pro play anymore. Because, you know, of there's this better ADCs than Caitlyn with much better early games. And he starts with teleport, guys. Not cleanse, not heal, not exhaust. Man started with teleport. He started a less summoner spell than his enemy opposition with a Sivir and a Karma. If that's oh, yeah. not a statement, if that's not a statement from the from, from comp, I don't know what is. Now, people know that comp is better than Flacket. That's... That's by the by, right? But the way he picked Caitlyn was like, nah, I'll just I'll just destroy this guy. Like, Trippy and Comp have been a good bot lane pretty much all, almost all year. I have been a very huge fan of Larson. I think he was massively underrated by a lot of people. And having this championship under his belt is good for a player like Larson, a player that has been getting so just rapidly trashed on for, I think, no real reason. He's been one of the most consistent parts about uh, Rogue, despite... A lot of the roster changing. Remember, Larson is the original guy that's still from Rogue when they uh, brought up players like Inspired and had Vander at that time period too. Larson's been their consistent player. Larson reminds me of Jensen. Like he's always (laughs) he's always in a sense he's always been good, but he always gets overshadowed by somebody else. And it's always like bigger name players like Humanoid Caps. Hiller right. saying perks. <laughs> right. And, and I, that's why this that's why this series was important for him to win, uh, to be honest. So this guy been getting disrespected on all pro I, even all pro teams. Just all just, just just completely shafted. It's like who the fact are in? He's been their one consistent player ever since they brought up the roster with inspired him together back I think it was like twenty nineteen summer when they came in with Vander and shit. He's been their one consistent player. For him to be performing at this kind of a level, at this amount of time, at this amount of uh, many years, this many splits, many regular season games, regular season playoffs, if he's not one of the best millionaires in your rankings coming to the next split, for anyone's watching this, you're trolling, or you just don't like him. I'm not even I, like like I like the player. I think he's pretty good, but it's just you can understand this though. Pit put anyone different in this roster over him. I don't think it wor- it works out the same way, you know. But that's just me personally. I, I'm glad he finally showed people, hey. Just shut the fuck up. I'm one of the top mid laners in, in the league, and now you have to respect me. I, I, I love that shit. Because how the fuck is Broken Blade winning first all-pro top laner in that summer all-pro? I, I, I just don't get it. I don't get it. But also, it was a combination. Now, I think people mentioned it was a combination of uh, drafting versus bad play from G2. I don't think the comps were holistically as bad as people are, are making out to be because it's never just one thing about draft. It's always about how the players are actually playing out the composition. Remember, there's a moment in this game G2 had a chance to win. You see Caps just like like really frustrated with his performance. But Larson is a top three mid laner. So if he's on par with Caps, that makes perfect sense. Because remember, guys, back a few years ago, it was pretty much just Caps is the best mid laner and there's really no competition for him, you know? But now it is good to see that there are mid laners that can definitely, you know, best him in um, a best of five in the finals, especially in the finals. Cats had an impressive 
finals record, actually. But that is pretty much it with Rogue. Uh, I'm glad that Odawamne finally wins his first title. I'm very glad that Larson gets a championship under his belt. Because remember, I, I think the I think the Rogue players were definitely dealing with like just not even just choking. It's like the the high pressure of just finally being able to close out. It's one thing to you know have the pressure of winning a finals, but there's another level to simply just being able to you know actually close it out because people are only going to remember the championships you've won. They're not going to remember that you almost maybe could have won at finals, you know? I'm glad they got over their choking slump. I'm finally glad they got a chance to get over a org, which is G2, that they always consistently lost to. Remember, guys, Rogue had only beaten G2 in one playoff match. That was last year when they had Reckless, you know, in that LEC 2021 spring split, actually. So that's it. Rogue are the but champions I, for right now. I think overall, I think overall G2, I think they did well considering the big, remember they got rid of Reckless and Wonder and, and yeah. Mickey, Mickey X and all they kept was Yankos and. Yeah, and and, and you're right, dude. Like, factor in. G2 came in with two rookie-ish players, brand new top laner. They only kept. Capson, Yankos, they won a title. They went to an, they're going to both international events this year. They went to MSI. They placed top four. This has still been a good year from G2. Despite them losing summer, it's fine. Like they still had a pretty good year, all things considered. They finished first place in the summer. This has been a good year for them, regardless. I don't, I don't know. Depending on the world's results, they might change the roster. I don't know about that. Oh, they will. They will. They will. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's Carlos. Yeah. It's Carlos. yeah. <laughs> he even said he'll, he, he would do it. You know, I, I mean, we'll get into Carlos later, but it's Carlos. I mean, right, if he, it's after if, this right here. If he can get, I, I, that's what I'm saying. I I think I wouldn't be surprised if Carlos spent money on upset. Like, oh man, can you think of that? That that'd be a upset. Ooh, what a crazy roster. Caps, Yankos. Well, I, I don't know if Yankos stays. I, I honestly don't know. I think he does. Where, where else would, would would he go? Retire. Well, not not just that. It's like, you know, he's won so much with the org. I think the org would still want him. But, you know, I, I just don't think if he if Carlos wasn't going to get rid of Yankos and Caps coming into this year, I just think they stay. Because, like, you factor in, dude, if you get rid of Caps, he goes to another team, and he starts performing at the top level, you could have had that top-level performance, remember? So you got to kind of factor in, do you take a, a risk that he is going to play this bad or go back to his level next split but all right guys rogue are the lec 2022 summer split champions hey let it be known i did say they were going to win a title this year i did say it or as i did say spring so i was a little bit too early with that you know remember guys consistently performing very well uh, I'm, I'm glad that they finally did it it's like how can you be at the top level this long and never win anything you know the same thing with gen g Genji were also kind of like always at the top and just never won anything. So I'm glad that these two orgs finally got over that. But now it's time to talk about the most controversial thing to talk about today, which is probably why most of you guys are all watching right now. Okay. Context. Because you guys need context for this. Okay. So Saturday, Ocelot posts a video on his Twitter account. You know, he's at a party celebrating some type of G2 accomplishment. And in this little mini video, you have Andrew Tate. Now, like I told you guys before in my video, I don't really know about him all that much, so I'm not going to put out 
blatant accusations about someone I don't really know too well. You guys know I don't do that unless they have firm proof of that shit. I am never going to do that. That is not someone I am. I would never call someone something I don't know what they are. Now, he's been called a misogynist, a sexist, all that shit. That's kind of by the by. Those are just key little buzz terms people use nowadays. I'm not talking about that. That 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 stuff can be debated and marinated in, without a lot of nuance and context. It just depends how you look at those situations in general. But in terms of the actual like big shit he might be in trouble for, unless I have proof, I am not saying this person is or didn't do it. But then after that, uh, a lot of people from the scene see that and they get very very upset, you know. And Carlos makes another tweet doubling down on his friendship with Andrew Tate. I don't even think I had a friendship, really. I think it's just Carlos being edgy, personally. But basically saying, I'll party with whoever the fuck I want. No one can police my friendships. He, spe he specifically said friendships, and that probably made it even worse. Now, I, I think G2 removed, not oh, fired him, suspended him. Not for the Andrew Tate thing. I think they suspended him because of the tweet, actually. That second tweet he made, doubling down on it, I think was is what really got him the suspension. But yeah, that's pretty much the context of it. Carlos just posted a video of him hanging out with some people and partying with some friends potentially. And then people saw that and they got very upset. Now, whether or not you like Andrew Tate or agree with Carlos, you like G2 or whatever, okay? Back to the same people, Carlos got suspended for just partying with someone. That's exactly what happened though. I'm not saying Andrew Tate's a good person or anything like that, okay? What I'm saying is, Carlos got suspended for just partying with someone. What the heck? Sorry. Sorry about that, everyone. So, Warren, hi. <laughs> hi. Okay. So, so I, I was I was like, what the fuck? So I was like, okay. Um, remember, guys, he literally got in trouble for just hanging out with someone. We don't know if Andrew Tate was going to be investing into esports. We don't know if he was going to be investing into G two. All you saw was just Andrew Tate. You know, that's all that's all it was. But I'll I'll let War Warren go because I know he's wanted to talk about this. He had a tweet that went a little bit uh crazy on Twitter. People were, were, were trying to ratio him. That's always funny to see Warren get ratioed. <laughs> all right, Warren, what do you think about um you know the Andrew Tate G2 situation actually? I think Warren is dead for right now. Hold I've on. spoken Let me... to, I've spoken to many of people. And I've looked at both sides of the spectrum. That's what I, I even made a tweet today saying, I don't judge people unless I get both perspectives and proof. That's, that's how you're supposed to judge anyone. Um, so I see why currently in social media, and this might be like, this is not like a frost rant. This is just what's happening currently in social media across TikTok, which is now Facebook, 
uh, IG and Snapchat. Um, quote unquote masculinity is considered toxic. Yeah. Oh, here's someone that, that that came in. So yeah, um, anyone who's watching this on the replay, I don't know how you feel about the situation. Oh, I'm right. not saying you're wrong or anything. It just it's all depending on perspective. But yeah, sorry, continue, dude. So, with that being said, currently right now, the whole thing, and you know, Andrew Tate, from what I've seen, and and we had a chit chat about this, but I I know you guys know Chaz. That basically, he's promoting men to be men because right now it seems that men want to be uh, softer, and that's what people are asking for. And he's like, "Well, that's not you know, men have to be strong. I mean, men built the world; they literally did." Um, but the reason I give context to it is that, like, I'm going to use Tyler One for example. Tyler One is probably considered a toxic person on a Twitch standard, but people that have met him in person says he's a nice guy, whatever, even though he yells or whatever, he's a good player, right? And people consider Tyler one a good player. The point I'm trying to make is that right now, social media is targeting people, not even, not only Andrew Tate, but anyone that's calling out the um, third wave feminism, which which is considered toxic. So the problem is, is that what do you do, what do you do when you want to like stop a, a movement? You go after someone who's speaking up loud. And currently, Andrew Tate was the one that's speaking up loud. So the buzzwords, like you said, MSK, are misogyny and toxic masculinity and all that stuff. So they make him the martyr, and now you're guilt by association. So what I'm getting at is. When we start having a mob mentality and you can't even hang out with, you can't even be at a party and the mob, which is Twitter, can say, you know what? You shouldn't be with that guy because so-and-so-and-so. I'm not a Carlos fan. I'm not a G2 fan. MSK knows this. But who are you to tell me what to do? You're not my dad. You're not my mom. Carlos has done... Say what you want about Carlos, right? G2 has brought in championships, right? So clearly he's doing something, right? G2 is an org that people want to play for. Why does one moment with one guy tarnish his record? That's 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 absurd. That there's plenty of how many times we're at a workplace or we're with um friend or we're, we're working and we're not we don't like a person but we work with them because we just want to get something done and you respect them. Right, yeah. I'm not saying respect Andrew Tate. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying one moment shouldn't tarnish someone's um, resume that they've built up all these years. We've always known that Carlos is a very blunt, abrasive, forward person thinking. Like he speaks his mind, and he and he, and he even posts. He even trolls people. Hell, so my problem is that social media has way too much power nowadays and um instead of people actually understanding and say you know what let me look up andrew tate and see what he says and 
actually listen, not hear, because that's the problem nowadays too. We are just listening, but we're not hearing. Like, like, like we were talking about the other night. If you tell someone, "Can you please be quiet?" You, you they would listen. But if you tell someone, "Shut the fuck up," they get upset. It's the same context, but the words sound different, and you and if your feelings catch, and that's the problem. Feelings are catching with. And I'm not trying to be sexist, but uh, with women. So, and that's how they feel about Andrew Tate. And what to me was ironic is that if Andrew Tate, and this is my last point before I finish my rant, if Andrew Tate is so bad, why the hell would Carlos make a team for an all-girls team that he just put together for his org and his wife allowed him to go out with that man. That doesn't make sense. That doesn't. Because then you look like a hypocrite. So clearly, his wife okayed it. And me personally, I don't think someone should be judged. And that's that's my bottom line. You should not be judged because of what you do. There's nobody on this planet is, unless you live in a nunnery or a, <laughs> or a synagogue or a temple, most people have done something have made have had friends that people don't agree with and this mob mentality that's on twitter because you do something uh that they don't like that you have to either fire suspend or get rid of them is silly if this was 2012 to like 2014 nobody would have cared about who Andrew Tate is they'd be like oh whatever next but that's not what yeah. it is now. So, and the the only things that I really brought up was the fact that remember, guys, Carlos is the CEO of G two. So, depending on how someone views Andrew Tate, that could be something that could have lingering reper you know, bad damaging effects on G 2s brand potentially. Because I know Chaz brought up the fact that you know we'll get someone else to invest into your company. That's not how that works, man. Like Chaz, that's not how that works, dude. Like the problem here is. Other people are going to see that and go, why is this guy hanging out with a quote-unquote misogynistic, sexist guy, you know? And they'll go like, okay, I don't want G2 a part of my, uh, maybe my new eSport league or, you know, having a sponsorship with G2 might be damaging on my brand. It's all that stuff. And people may have factor in. Carlos was just suspended for hanging out with someone. We do not know if Andrew Tate is either an investor into G2, whether he's going to even be a part of the eSports scenes or anything like that. All we saw was simply just a video of him partying with Carlos. That's it. And then people started freaking out about it. It goes to show you that people aren't really thinking about things logically. That's there, There's a reason why I made my video the way I did specifically because I want to make sure people, people understood. You have to look at things logically and careful. You can't just go off and start all these random uh, takes that people have about all these other different things and shit like that. So – that's just how I personally feel about it. I know a lot of people have their own individual way of, their, of wanting to how to lo look at it. Um, but I, I want to bring up this uh, Four Horsemen video that they did, actually, because I, I wanted to hear what they had to say and then uh, see what Warren wanted to talk about it, too. A anything else you want to say about just that situation with Andrew Tate and G2? Uh, I'll, I'll comment after this video. Okay. So there's the part of Carlos's context. Let's start from, like, right here actually guys obviously we'll, we'll watch the whole thing we'll go to about like right 
here, actually. Okay, so start. Sound on? Let's go. This guy appearing in Carlos's video, uh, the the potential effect of of Carlos kind of providing this guy, at, you know, putting this video of him out into the esports world, and then how a lot of this has been, I feel like, is used to distract from kind of core and continuing issues of potential misogyny that exist within the industry that I think are much more real and tangible um, and systemic within the industry, not some guy being on a video from outside the industry and then being inserted in here kind of randomly and arbitrarily, at least is like- At least to be said though, Monty, think about this, right? The way the reaction was, was as if like they denounced this guy was like core CEO of G2 or something. Like what happened was Carlos is at some sort of a party now. Don't no one even knows what that situation was. He's it presumably he's in Dubai or something with those guys. I think that's where they're all at. They're having some party. No one even knows until Carlos does the follow-up tweet that he's apparently they're friends or whatever, because it's implied when he's saying about don't I won't police my friends. What happens is Carlos posts a picture of him stood there. By the way, he's barely even in the fucking shot. It's merely the other two guys lifting the bottles up, doing like a champagne bottle raise to show that they're balling and swagging out and all that crap. And when he does this, then that's the post. When he does that post on its own, that is just classic Carlos, by the way. Yeah, Carlos always has been edgy like that. You know, like that was one of my biggest problems with people is that they just took that little video and saw it as, oh, my God, Andrew Tate's entering esports. Meanwhile, TSM being ran by Reginald. Reginald had been confirmed by a lot of people to be a bad person, a piece of shit, really. He, why isn't Reginald not suspended for a couple of months or removed as CEO based off all the bad things we have consistently heard about this guy, as well as um, Reginald? Got in, quote unquote, got in trouble. His was basically, he has to take like CEO classes or some fucking bullshit like that. Reginald didn't get suspended without pay. Where's that at, actually? For cracking down on, like all that bullshit that people claim. You've pushed the line. You've been a little bit edgy because you're Carlos and you maybe have the fucking money. You went a little bit over the line. And now what you're seeing is what's the pushback? Will people take it that I'm just being cheeky and doing a wink like this guy's banned off the internet? I probably shouldn't be doing this. But then again, I'm G2, so don't we kind of do what the fuck? There was a bit of that mixed in there. The problem is this. Then the public response itself was very weird because the public response, I actually thought one of the first tweets, which was someone who works for Misfits who used to work for Riot, if they know them, Becca, I can't remember his surname, but it's Quickshot's wife, basically. There you go, Henry, of course, right? She actually, I thought it had the most legit tweet of all because the way she phrased it looked very careful. She basically phrased it as like, you know, she didn't say like, get Carlos out or like, fuck G2 or like, what's it doing? Like, the human chat. She didn't actually just basically said like, to other organizations and people, like, let's not let this guy into esports. No, it's that. Let's not let him into esports. Now, that was the thing I couldn't handle is that, by the way, that's a totally valid opinion if that's what she thinks of the person. I think as someone who's a veteran in the industry, worked for many important companies, it's a totally legit thing to put out there among your circle of group, like the people who follow you on Twitter. She didn't attack Carlos, attacking, say like this means he's done X, Y, and Z that's conflated with this person. And crucially, let's just be real, as far as we know, Aside from that video, Andrew Tate has shown no indications he is coming into esports. He isn't announcing a venture in esports. Yeah, like none of people took a small video and went ballistic. I couldn't believe how many quote tweets, retweets, how many ridiculous takes I saw on that post. Some of you guys out there on Twitter went nuts for like no reason. As a, I got. Even, I even got attacked, dude, dude. Even before we even watched this, we're starting to watch this video. I even mentioned we don't know the context of what was happening, and people just went fucking nuts. 
What's the vision of the multi-market thing you're talking about? He hasn't said any. I don't think he's ever mentioned we don't even know. the joke is, by the way. He knew he was in that video, right? I don't know. The thing is, uh, in that oh yeah, by the way, you think loads of like entrepreneur people aren't just hitting this guy up all the time for a fail or a selfie if they're in the same circles, etc. And also, I'll throw this out there. If you've ever watched any of his videos, I imagine he would despise esports. He's a sort of person who is like into kickboxing and real life stuff and thinks that like video games are a waste of your life and you're a moron if you play them. You're just wasting your time when he could be grinding and hustling and making all that dough so i don't even as far as i know know that there's any indication he's ever coming in i also don't know through what method would he enter esports basically unless you're at the level of carlos where you're willing to be edgy like that because you think you can get away with it no one else has even shown any indications that will come in and hasn't well, gone on any shows he hasn't tweeted about esports so the key thing is first of all i think that's already a sort of a bit of a sky is falling type scenario that isn't really a concern like and i don't think this person has any entry point to esports and if anything this weekend showed it. There is zero entry points, no matter almost how powerful or how much influence you have yeah. in the space. And then just as a quick aside, I'm sorry, as much as people love to bring up those quotes, which humans said, not like God himself, like you know, the five people you surround yourself with, uh, are the aggregate of who you are, like, that's someone that was in one video with Carlos ever. Yes, Carlos made a follow-up tweet, which was an abstract tweet about you cannot police his friends. If you know Carlos, he is actually an incredibly fair-minded person. He's the sort of person where because he himself has been misjudged and has been called toxic and terrible things, he will automatically think, oh, maybe there's more to the story. Like, oh, maybe they're just misjudging this person. He's been down that road himself so i think that tweet even was look a little bit was referring to that but there's a reason he didn't just use the name there so i vouch for this one person of the others so and then the last quick thing to say is this so in that scenario where it has in no way been proven this is his best friend or some super duper party was in one video for five seconds they made a follow-up tweet and liked some tweets that in no context in a reasonable like like actual attempt to understand what's going on would imply he is complicit in any crimes or former actions of that individual. That would be a totally unreasonable standard to hold exactly. someone to. Now, certainly you could say, if you knew about those things, it's like implicated of like, maybe you don't think it's as bad. You could have that discussion, but I think there's a lot, essentially there's a lot of like fog and stuff that people lost their way on this one big time. I feel like this is one of those ones where it was thrown up there and people could just read anything they wanted and project anything they wanted into it. And there wasn't any interesting combos as a result. Sure. But I think that's the core problem is like, if that's the, you know, if, if people can, if there's so many different interpretations of this, then Carlos shouldn't be putting up this content as part of his duty as basically the face of G2, right? Because there's too much, there's too much ambiguity. Effectively. Let me ask you a quick question. If anyone in this call was in Vegas and Mike Tyson's there, you take a picture of him if he wants one. If he wants one. If you want one. Oh, I wouldn't want one. So <laughs> no, would be the Richard. Answer. Would you take a picture of Mike Tyson? You absolutely no, I wouldn't. You think, and you also know that I think his criminal conviction is one of the biggest miscarriages of justice in American history. You get the point of what Monty's saying. What he's saying. He is a he is a convicted rapist. Yes. So I, I just um, don't think it's that simple, Monty. I know what you mean, but I think that's another case of where people love to go. Once they've seen that a line's established after the fact, they go, "How could anyone ever step over that line?" You obviously knew what you were doing, like. I think this is. I think this started with Carlos being edgy with a tweet, and then it spiraled, and then his response to they didn't want to be controlled, didn't want. To pay, I think it just everything got worse from every side, and it just expanded out into something crazy. Lauren, when you look at this from the agency perspective, and like, what was your reaction to first seeing this put out there? Because again, like, I had to. See, you guys all knew who this person was. Like, I was oh, like, Lord. okay, so yeah, that's my uh, okay, so. I definitely uh, want to hear her take when she's up. Yeah, like back, 
because this is what I told uh, Warren and Chaz last time we were talking is a person being the face of a company has a little bit of a different implication than someone like us doing that shit. If I took a picture with Kyle Rittenhouse, that is a different implication for like, let's say if Chris Evans takes a picture with Kyle Rittenhouse. It's a little bit of a different implication right there based off your stature as a person or your status as a person, right? But what is this? Like, why is this a big deal? And I had to go through that process. But what was your take on on the initial reaction and then the Carlos's follow up? Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot here. I think when I first look at this, the first thing I think is really about like the cost benefit analysis of posting something like this, like and kind of interrogating like what what is the reason and what is the mindset for posting content with someone who is so incredibly radioactive um, because it's one thing for them to to be friends offline and to have a relationship one-on-one, -on -one, not saying it's right or wrong or anything other than that. It's just like that exists. And then there's a choice to publicize that relationship. And that's where it falls apart for me. Like I just generally feel like very, very perplexed by making the decision to like publicly declare any sort of association with someone like Andrew Tate. Um, you know, I I tweeted yesterday something basically to the effect of like, if I went to a restaurant and I ran into the Tate brothers, I would be embarrassed that I chose the same place. So like the idea right. listen i'm sure their views on food don't have to comply with misogyny they might just like really nice food as well no no on like their views being See the ridiculousness right there vile. <laughs> that's how you that's go that that turn is quick what people do that go post moving Woo! you see how ridiculous that sound because they're there eating food you can have your if i saw donald trump I would say hi. That's it, and keep it moving. I might not. Don't that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll don't just be like, hey, out the diner, hanging out with his family, like, oh, what's up, dude? That's it. That's it. That's it. I might not agree with him, but I might keep it moving. What? What does him eating there? If you came, you see, that's what I'm saying. You're gonna get into this mob and policing mentality. And who are you to tell people what to do? Granted, CEO, okay, but like Thorin's said, no affil. There was no reports about, uh, uh, well, we'll continue the video, then I'll roast this woman. Okay. Like, they're also just so embarrassing. Um, not to, to be like, seen in the same place. Yes, it's right. like so goofy and so embarrassing. And to your point about like, you don't know who you're vouching for. I'm like, how are so many people choosing to die on the hill of this particular man? Like, I... It doesn't, yeah, it just it doesn't make a lot of sense. Um by the way, as a quick aside, do you want to know something funny? Because this will come up later in the episode. Do you know within the same week, Carlos posted a different picture and there was no for all. Do you know who it was with? It was with people who actually are like they're some sorts of like businessmen from the Middle East who, in theory, it's implicated would be involved with much, much worse things than Andrew Tate. But I will say, I noticed no one in esports said, Get them out of esports. Don't, how oh, dare you? Amazing, say, right? Maybe that one never came up. That's why I just say, If we're going to make it, this is hard and fast lives. Well, then the hard and fast lives. I love hypocrisy from esports people. That, that exactly is what I've been. I said, 
This is why I said. This is why I brought up the TSM example. Why don't the TSM fans campaign for Reginald to be removed as CEO, knowing all the bad shit he's did? I've said that he should step down and step away for a bit. Yeah, you don't have a bunch of the eSport fans from North America going, Reginald's a piece of shit. Get this guy off being CEO. Cancel this man. None of that. None of that. I'm not the – I like Thorin here and there. Sometimes he has edgy takes. But, like, he's he's hitting everything on the ball. Like, you can't – if you see him associated with some Saudi Arabia guys, then come on, like you're gonna if you're gonna call you like I said, consistent, like I said with you, if if you're gonna call a spade a spade, you better call it out, and yeah. it's just convenient for people. But continue, let this woman continue talking. Lines. They can't just be moved as we choose. Like we're gonna have the line. I'm, I'm yeah. with you guys. If you want the line, make the line. But let's let's hold the line. Let's not let yeah. people walk cork over because they're a bit richer. You know. Yeah, I think I think we'll get into that. And like that is like the teaser. Yeah, a lot of a lot of the issue that we're going to discuss here, because I think what was frustrating for me about this is not minimizing what what was happening here, but also the you know, the fact that we need to really deal with the treatment of women as it as it is uh, in the esports industry. And we can actually hopefully affect some of these changes or help affect some of these changes by shining the light on them. But by putting these little distractions of the, you know, internet moron of the week and having a, you know, a crucifixion of this guy who may or may not deserve it. Sounds like he probably does. Um, but it, it distracts from actually making systemic changes that are necessary. So when you look at this from an agency perspective, Lauren, like, what do you think the knock-on effect of this is going to be for G2? Because I think that's going to be a major conversation. As we are recording this show, one thing that happened is it looks like they were denied partnership in Valorant. Uh, that's the the new stories that are coming out, which I speculated on Twitter might actually happen as a result of this. Yeah. Um, I'm not in the Valorant scene, guys. As you guys know, I've not really played or have been interested in Valorant. But I did hear recently that they were denied Valorant partnership. They were denied getting to a Valorant esports like LCS system because of the video with Andrew Tate. Are, that, is, that is ridiculous. I am so sorry. That's G2 ridiculous. has so many fans. Or is that Valorant org? Is it the Valorant like LCS style shit they're trying to do? Is the person running that really thinking logically? Are you sure you don't want G2, one of the most popular Western esports organizations, a part of your league? Is that really something you want to stand by? I, that sounds kind of stupid to me. That sounds like a fat L right there. Are you sure the teams you brought in have enough leeway and fan base to? Okay, it, stupid people, motherfuckers, man. This, um, but do you do you see any clapback coming from potentially G two partner part, partnerships because you have continue and have worked at major agencies? Yeah, I mean, I think you know the the third step of the his friendship with Andrew Tate existing, him posting content about it. The third step in that is bringing the G2 brand into the tweet. It wasn't just, I was partying with Andrew Tate this weekend. Like the verbiage of the tweet explicitly says, yesterday we celebrated G2's world championship, which I think like, then again, like brings the association back to somebody who's associated with the organization. Um, and so, you know, listen, you know, esports teams, many of them, and you look at, you know, hundred thieves and how closely that brand is tied to Nate shots personality. And you look at, 
you know, something, you know, there are many, many examples across the industry of the founder, because these companies, you know, in a lot of cases started really small, the character and personality of that person really starts to inform the DNA of the brand and really starts to kind of shape what that brand looks like as it gets bigger and bigger. And I think Carlos has really, really strongly influenced what the G2 brand has become. And he's so strongly associated with the G2 brand in a way that, you know, I would argue like 100 Thieves and Nadeshot are no longer like this in the way that I think G2 and, and Carlos still remain. Okay, I wouldn't go that far. Because people things blow this over all the time. Being, oh, I'm sorry. This woman, sorry. This, okay, this woman this woman is being hyperbolic in the most this is what I'm saying. Like this isn't fair. Like like he was in the thing for like ten seconds, eight seconds of video. So mm-hmm. eight seconds we're gonna ruin someone's life in a party where you're celebrating your or your who cares? It's a celebration. There's people probably at New Year's Eve in like a big setting that um that basically you don't like but they're all at the big new year's party right mm-hmm. like that that's that's what i'm saying if you start doing stuff like this you guess what someone's gonna tell you oh you know what msk because you like video games i'm not gonna hang out with you and if i see anyone in your post guess what don't even dare talk about that content i'm gonna mm-hmm. cut sponsors from you this is the line we're threading but people don't see it that way yeah like it's one of these things where I, I think what she means is like now people are are not gonna see Carlos in the same vein as G2, which I think is hyperbolic in the sense of like things pass over, you know? Oh, over time people won't forget completely, but over time things just kind of there's gonna be another big guys, don't get it twisted. There's another big thing that will happen in the esports thing. There always it always is a thing. There will be another big esports controversial thing that'll happen. And people will kind of just go like, remember when Carlos did that thing with Andrew Tate? Yeah, it's going to be that kind of thing. Now, I want to get, I'm not going to watch the whole video, obviously. I'm going to get to this part of it because this misogyny and esports kind of thing, like, it's a very, very interesting thing to go over for a lot of you guys. Okay, but then the fucking YouTube ads. Kind of fraudulent because there was some collusion going on between Riot and (sighs) the Serpent Queen. That is ridiculous. That looks like a, that's like shit the fuck made this series um and the government right uh to set a lower price point for the Mm. fine and later that was i believe i think the original settlement they were angling for about 10 million dollars originally and then uh the department of fair employment and housing in california got wind of that and uh it's been a long time since i covered this story obviously it was 2018 so apologies if some of the details are sketchy but yeah basically they had uh back channel to the law firm to essentially get uh a lower payout this, yeah. this is what I mean about Riot and their lip service. They they, they yeah. don't give a fuck. They have no values right. as a company. So so a judge then later found that there had been some level of illicit collusion, and then that figure went up to $100 million, which was then paid out in various proportions to female employees at Riot. Mm. And 
So what I find very, what I found very frustrating about well, this the story team, stops there, Monty. That's it. They just paid some money out. There wasn't yeah, like exactly. these no, wait, are the culture here. leaders. Yeah, go on. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I got, I got this one, man. Like here, here was my my frustration is if we want to have a conversation about holding people accountable for being adjacent to people who have espoused misogynist beliefs or taken misogynist actions, the biggest issue is that in the heat of this $100 million fine and Riot admitting that they created this culture within the company, exactly zero executives from Riot were terminated as a result of this scandal. I am unaware of any other corporate scandal of this scale that resulted in zero terminations of the people. They also didn't terminate the guy that farted in that girl's head, in that girl's face either. He had to take classes on how to be better. Bro, I've had, I, I was at a party and I got- Bruh. Like, Riot, what is wrong with you? Well, listen, I was at a party and a guy farting in my face. All I did was get the fuck up and move. Boo hoo. <laughs> Guys do dumb shit. Holy <laughs> shit. I'm sorry. Like, I, fart, like it, I could understand if he put his wanker in your face, but he farted. <laughs> Where's the abuse? So you tell oh. me. The air, the air hurt you? Mm -hmm. That's exactly what it was. <laughs> Holy shit. All right, so we'll watch a little bit part of this part, and then we're going to go to the last topic and head out of here. Is the thing. Essentially, I'll phrase it like this. People are outraged by ideas Andrew Tate expressed publicly. That was especially it. People are more outraged by the line that said women are property or whatever than they are actually about whatever may have happened with his past and did he get involved in this and was the trafficking case real. They're more outraged by the statement, right, the implication of what the idea means. A guy who has no legal recourse to protect himself if he does those things. He can be arrested by the police. Those things are all illegal in countries to do. You're not allowed to do those things in Romania or any Western country, by the way. Those are absolutely on the books. You will go to prison if you rape people, if you exploit them, if you pimp them, if you if you abuse them, if you kill them. Now, in Saudi Arabia and certain other countries, some of these things are actually legal. Some of these things are actually, the government will be protected and they will be the ones who do it against you. So now we're not even talking just raw culture. There better not be people from that government directly connected with esports. There better not be people who even say, I am hands-on with it. If these things happen, then you are making the statement by your outrage over here that it is performative. You don't like the sound of something happening that you can't actually establish it has happened, but you're fine with it actually happening as long as those people have too much power, they're too big to fail, as it were. That implies you aren't against that. You don't care about about it. You only care. It's called a luxury belief when it has no cost. You can just fuck around with it. As soon as it has any cost, money, fame, like in this particular case, you could get fired. By the way, I'd even say, let's be real, this is why it's actually tough to bring it up on shores. There could be actual physical, real world recourse as to what could happen if you keep speaking out about these things. But guess what? That's why if you want to be the the hero in your imaginary movie who stands up, you know when everyone gets that famous picture of a Nazi rally in Germany and there's the one guy who wouldn't do the hiring like this and they all go in their mind that's me that's exactly who i'd be in history you're not because he had to do that by the way no one he might just get taken outside and shot like those people who stopped clapping for stalin you won't even do it when it's like a tweet you won't even tweet against bloody riot and here's the one other thing i will say is my distinction on the riot one it's right on the women angle i can't tear tar everyone with that brush but my dude, you better not be bringing up certain crimes against humanity because China comes into that one then. And we all know that as well. That was implied that there was abstraction between China and Riot Games. 
The more you look into that, that's not the way their society works. There is a connection. They directly profit. They direct the country of China directly profits through the regime from the money made from League of Legends and games from Tencent Games. Yep. So if you work with Riot and Tencent Games, you have to at least have, a, have in your mind resolved the China debate. The women one's a separate one, and that's about culture yeah. within corporate culture. That one's one where, again, if you're going to be speaking out against certain things, be very careful because you are implying that you're fine with the Chinese regime's behavior in this particular case because yeah. you will essentially work to profit them. And so just to, just as an aside, um, really quick, if you guys want to know more about that, Google Tencent Common Prosperity because the Chinese government basically told the tech companies like Tencent and Alibaba these are publicly traded companies, by the way, so this shouldn't be in the West. This wouldn't happen, right? They were told you must contribute to the common prosperity of the Chinese people. And now they are giving massive amounts of their revenue direct, like directly to the Chinese government. Mm -hmm. So I do just want to say one thing in terms of just like right sizing it, the Andrew Tate of it all a little bit in terms of, you know, when we talk about things like proportional harm, um, I think while obviously Andrew Tate individually, we're talking about a very different scale from something like, you know, these systemic and, you know, global human rights violations, but I think it's important to recognize kind of what Andrew Tate represents, which is My something God. much larger and more harmful, which is misinformation, radicalization of young men, like espousing really violent and misogynistic views, and given his platform, exposing you know Can millions you of people to that ideology. Yeah, Andrew Tate, in a PG thirteen way, is telling men to not be feminine. Because nowadays, women are wanting men to be in their femininity. Men have always have always have aggression. Men have these biological traits. And that's his message. He's mm -hmm. not as bad as people think. I'm not saying he's like the, the Maasai. You need to go to Sky Fur to, for, if you want lessons on how to be a dad. But that's the message she's giving. So what this woman is saying is completely false. However, she's getting into her feelings and saying this. And that's the problem because you, you my problem is she can say who takes misogynist, right? But she won't go on here and say, well, if we're going to talk about Andrew Tate, what about the female that, that, that call out men and say that they're trash, they're shit, that men don't do anything? So you're going to label mm -hmm. all men even though there's good men out there? That's my that's my thing about this hypocrisy, but you can't do that. So whatever, she has her freedom of speech, but that's a complete blatant lie. Um, I mean, I wasn't exposed to it before, so. Yeah, I mean, you know, deplatforming certainly can have that effect. Um, but I you think, like, I, I, as far as like what the effect of this was, I didn't know who he was until this Carlos thing happened. You know what I mean? Yes, but you're certainly familiar with, you know, people being radicalized by, you know, right. as my, my point is, is that this actually helps, at least in my case, somebody who didn't know about him. Now I know about him. Right. Um, but yeah, I did just that was a random aside, but one. Oh, no, 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 I get it. I mean, my, my respectfully, I disagree. I, I, I think there is something far more malignant about regimes that essentially pay to 
uh, rebuild reality around useful idiots that take that money than there is this American hysteria, particularly an American hysteria, about misinformation and potential radicalization, which when you actually look at the numbers, it's not really happening. In Thank fact, you. if you want an argument for how the system actually doesn't do what a lot of Americans claim it does, you simply have to look at how far Andrew Tate got as a fucking, you know, influencer phenomenon um, it, before he got deep, completely deplatformed and essentially unpersoned. And indeed, the outrage we're discussion, discussing today shows he's not welcome in esports. His uh, belief system uh, is is widely, resoundedly rejected. Um, and eventually he will fade out of memory and there will be another Manosphere loser to take his place ad infinitum ad nauseum because we never actually... <laughs> the Manosphere Hydra cannot be killed. <laughs> exactly. We, well, because we This is what people need to understand. Even with someone like Andrew Tate, whether or not you agree or disagree with him, people out there's people out there that think exactly like him. He was just one of the guys that spoke up about right. that shit. Right. There's, there's, there's women... Plenty of people that think the way he does. I guarantee it. Yeah, there's women that actually advocate for men to be whipped, men to be men, and not to get um, all this constant abuse and mm -hmm. how they're bad, and but but they don't do it. Andrew Tate is just very um, infamous for how he does it. There's women that do it. There's men that present it um, eloquently and in and in a in a um, approachable way. It's just that his is just direct and in your face, and that's what people can't like. I think we're now in the era of the softness era. That's what I call it. Everybody's soft. They have no, they have no thick skin. I'm sorry. Yep. We never actually sit down and challenge the ideas. We just push people into the fucking shadows. But yeah, I, 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 again, you know, I mean, everyone's entitled their opinion, Lawrence. I hope you don't think I'm being disrespectful right now. But again, all, all due respect, I, I think there is something far more insidious about entities that have the money to essentially be able to say to someone who knows what the truth is, knows what reality is, knows what strong ethics are, knows what morality is, and says, even though you know all these things, I'm going to give you life-changing money, and you will you will turn a blind eye to all of the things you know to be evil and wrong in the world. That's a type of malevolence that you can't even combat with deplatforming. No one's willing to do it. The tech companies take that money every single day. So we got a much bigger problem, and we're going to really feel it five years from now. Once we start having tournaments and Riyadh and Israeli competitors are excluded and things like this, this is all around the corner for esports because we didn't stand up to the evil money now, today, and misinformation, disinformation, American hysteria around that. I don't know. I don't think it's the same thing. To, to be... 100% clear like so my you know my position on this is not misinterpreted I agree with you completely when you're talking about things that are at the scale of you know countrywide you know these things affect tens of millions or hundreds of millions or in the case of China billions of people um you know I do not want to be seen as equating those two things at all and to your point like the the all I wanted to say was that no, that it still does harm. I didn't get that point. I, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, totally, totally. No, exactly what you mean. I, I would just rank one above the other, but I, I wouldn't make any claim that Andrew Tate isn't doing harm. I'm, you know, I, I, I absolutely. Like, you <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? No, the, 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 I, yeah, I, I think this it was a broader topic. This, this is the problem I have with this discussion. So I'll quickly relate it to the neon thing. 
the neon thing had loads of people come out against the neon thing. If people don't know, it wasn't just in League of Legends and LEC. It happened with Blast in CSGO as well. And what they did is they sent the message, same thing. These people are terrible, human rights violations, and they do not belong in esports. In fact, by the way, people might not know this. Carlos and G2 themselves did that. They also came out and said, I would never take the money from these sorts of people. By the way, that's a rare occasion of when you'd actually want an owner who could be hands-on and just say anything he wants in a tweet and potentially be held to it. And if you don't know behind the scenes, G2 and other teams in CSGO did push back. It wasn't just talent like in LEC. The teams oh, man, amazing, right? Yeah, the guy that people hated on was the one that came out and said, I don't want that in this actual, in this actual industry. Amazing. Yeah, but... Huh. <laughs> Like now we're getting taught up and all this, and we're suddenly complicit. But here's the problem: when everyone did that, they sent the message: Saudi Arabia money not welcome in esports. And then what happened was they came and said, "How about we put a few more zeros on?" And then everyone went, Yeet! and everything's cool. And so here's the question I have: right, there's two ways you can. Everyone has their price. That's why I interpret that. Go here. I've got two lines for you. One goes like this. We cannot have a discussion about caring about combating misogyny or championing women's rights, human rights, let's be real, until yeah. we can answer this question. What could Saudi Arabia do at which point they are no longer welcome? What will make them not belong in the scene? Uh, well, I, I, I don't even know how I could even an answer that. But I'll say this. I will say this. Um, depending on how many zeros on people's paychecks exist, most people will just turn a blind eye to that. That's just how I personally see it. They are already embedded in it. All this money, what action can they take that can ever strike them off? Spoiler, no one can answer the question. There is no limit. They can kill people. They can do anything. They can even go to war. They can bomb people with the other one of ESL sponsors. They can bomb fucking people in Yemen and they can all die. Yemen, I notice there's nobody gives a fuck about Yemeni women's rights or children's rights there. Or how about people who are civilians aren't even combatants in an active fucking war zone? Then the other question goes like this. Does this imply, it literally does, think it through, that Andrew Tate doesn't belong now because he is just a guy in a video. But if he comes back with a billion dollars and buys Blast, is he suddenly... Now there's going to be an Andrew That's Tate championship question. in loot in the UK. <laughs> What's going on? These are things almost inferred by the stands we're taking. Because you notice we're taking a stance like early up in the battle and then we're just giving all the ground up when they come in with the, dukes, the, the nukes and the tanks, as it were. So will we actually the resistance or will we just get in a better deal for ourselves, guys? I mean, yeah, this is, you know, something that, Richard um, mentioned sports washing earlier. Like, yeah, so that's pretty much the uh, main. Yeah, just, uh, I'll stumped. watch that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Good God, Warren. Jesus Christ. So the very last thing I'll say about the Andrew Tate topic is just guys, don't freak out about just shit you don't understand, and also stop just overreacting to everything. Okay. Nothing about the video implied he was entering esports at all. Okay. It's just where it's being completely honest here. Now, Team Liquid uh, released Hansama, actually. I was going to make this a separate video. I still might, actually. Uh, but Hansama is no longer on Team Liquid. I'm pretty sure a lot of people already knew that. Team Liquid had their super team, and they failed to make the 2022 World Championship. They didn't win a single title this year for the LCS either. And I'm pretty sure you could also understand that that is not going to go very well with people that invest, you know, into the Team Liquid 
LCS team actually are investors of Team Liquid. You know, Buipo definitely was not on par with what they thought he was going to bring. Santorin, I thought, was their best player, obviously, throughout most of the year, actually. Uh, Bjergsen definitely not performing very well up to the standards that you hold Bjergsen to. Uh, the bot lane, Hansama, was kind of their carry. They kind of went all in on playing through bot. That didn't really work out for them at a certain point. And Core JJ and Bjergsen, I guess, don't see the game eye to eye. But I don't know. Who is Team Liquid going to choose? Are you going to choose Bjergsen? Are you going to choose Core JJ? Are you going to choose a player that brought your org success? Or are you going to choose basically a washed up mid laner hack that hasn't brought you shit? We'll see what happens, actually. But yeah, Hansama is confirmed leaving Team Liquid. There's rumors of him joining K Corp, but that would only work if like K Corp could buy a slot in the LEC. Either they're going to buy potentially the only other two slots would be maybe Astralis if they want to sell or SK Gaming if they want to sell personally. That's the only two slots that I could think of. Hey, I'm Steven Liv, also known as Hansama, and I'm an AD carry. Well, me and TL just parted ways a few days ago. We didn't have the greatest year. Um, it's been a disappointment, a failure individually on my hand, and, well, the team, I know that everyone wanted to win, uh, but we didn't make it, so it kind of feels bad. I would at least uh, love to make words and really prove some something there if we couldn't win both splits. I think Team Liquid has been very nice um, dealing uh, with the situation uh, when we were about to part ways. And I, I'm very thankful actually to, to, to TL because uh, this way I would be like uh, not having a buyout when I want to go to other teams. Well, basically be free agent. It's very nice that... Uh, yeah, I guess some teams like to just instantly inherit a player's contract by just paying the contract, not paying the buyout fee on top of that, you know? Because this contract was up until the end of 2023. But as you guys know, these, like, esports teams is, like, year-length on contracts for players don't really ever go up to that point anyway. Uh, I get this opportunity. You could, like, simply just opt out of it if you really wanted to. Probably the first time I, I'm free agent ever. My goal when I came to Team Equities was to definitely win everything. Uh, spring, summer, and go to Worlds and make a really nice uh, Worlds with TL. I had a super high expectation, I would say so. The pressure became higher then as well. I felt like I needed to win every game. And when we lose some games, it it would be harder to uh, process. I was not using the same, the recipe that works for me. I think I kind of crumbled in the mental game. I felt a lot of desperation um, this year playing the game. I think I've been trying to change a lot, sacrificing some stuff that I, I think I would do good. I think it's good to sacrifice some stuff sometimes, but. The way I've been doing it was pretty unhealthy. He basically meant, um, you know, I wasn't putting on my big boy carry pants to carry this team. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, but yeah, Warren, what do you think about Hansama leaving Team Liquid before we uh, head out of here, actually? Uh, I, I hope he did. Uh, I mean, I think uh, he should have stayed in EU. I understand on paper... I mean, Core JJ has kept up his, you know, play mm -hmm. for for many years. Bupo is known, so 
I don't. I think personally, I think if they had Jensen, they win. That's my honest opinion. Yeah, like Team Liquid get rid of Bjergsen for Jensen, who had a great world's performance. I don't know why, but it always like at best it was a side grade. At best, it's like why were you paying that much? Why would you switch that up for a side grade? It's like what the hell? And then Core JJ hadn't been playing that. Like the fact that Core JJ was playing well with Tactical of all people, him and Hansama never really had that type of bot lane dominance that you thought they were actually going to end up having, which is really concerning. Actually, maybe it's Team Liquid management, maybe it's coaching. I really don't know what it is. Honestly, it's always something. It's never just one thing exactly, you know. But that is it, guys, for this week's episode of the Cloud Nine Podcast. Um, the world's 2022 icons and emotes should be on on the client they said very soon so i can't wait to always get those i always get the ones from my favorite teams you know this is the first year since 2018 that all of the teams that i support in league are going to be at the same world championship it's going to be a banger actually uh give me a second here uh when is world starting world's 2022 start date it's not this week but the next week i'm pretty sure yeah it starts on the 29th the 29th is Thursday. Yeah, so it starts not this Thursday, but the next Thursday. So that's good. It, it's going to be awesome to have Worlds come up around. Uh, we're going to do an episode of the Cloud9 podcast next week uh, talking about kind of like our thoughts and predictions for Worlds 2022, actually. Talking about the teams, NA's chances, EU's chances. Can the LCK finally win? Uh, against the LPL, and they've been losing against the LPL a lot recently when it comes to international competition. We're talking about that. We're talking about the LPL, LEC, LCS, and LCK. Talking about the wildcard teams. And I'll be honest with you guys, I don't think the wildcard teams are going to be doing anything, honestly. I think people are a little bit too nice in these wildcard teams. We just had an international event where all the major regions, I guess you could say outside of G2, to a certain extent, they clobbered the wildcard teams. It wasn't even close, guys. Gotta stop being, gotta stop, like, Stop being in this right, like pretend world that these wild creatures are actually good. They're not good, okay? EG completely dominated most of them. Evil Geniuses, who is now coming in as a third seed, completely dominated the wildcard teams. Well, not only did T1 and not only did RNG. Like, we gotta stop being a little nice on these wildcard teams. They're not good. The only time they ever do well is because they get fucking lucky. They're never actually good, you know? But well, that's just how well, I see it personally. We'll see. I think it's one of those things where I'm, I'm not gonna. The only team that I'm excited that I hope makes it is Gam because I've been wanting to see them play. Um, mm-hmm. They they always they always do spicy stuff, but you're kind of right. Uh, I'm I think I think this world. Let's just see how they perform and if they manage to make it in the group stage and they make some noise, maybe mm-hmm. we can maybe we will change like, our opinion. How many years does it have to be for people to understand these guys aren't aren't great? They're not even considered good. They're just bad. They're just legitimately fucking awful to a certain extent you know like how many more years we're we gonna have a world to go okay wild cards this year's gonna do it and they like you've had the few little mini upsets but you knew those teams weren't good you knew it was because the better teams were not playing as good you knew it was you knew they weren't gonna go far and i i've never been on this like wild card teams will do it this year it's like no i've always been off that shit i <laughs> i saw that shit you know on the fucking wall years ago that's just me personally. Anything you got going on, man? Going to start that LPL channel going into next year, right? Uh, with a better schedule now, most likely. Once a week, probably. Oh, they... Okay, I know you guys like Valorant and shit. Here are the Valorant partner teams. So, you know, they, they were just talking about G2 not getting accepted into Valorant, actually. 
Here are your Valorant teams right here. Here you go. Here are your Valorant teams. No sign of G2. Wow. So G2 weren't accepted into Valorant because of the recent Andrew Tate controversy. That is fucking ridiculous, actually. Holy shit. I mean, I don't know what teams are going to be doing if they weren't going to be accepted into Valorant. Maybe they still might feel the team for that. Maybe they don't. I just don't. I, I just think it's a mistake of who's ever running this like franchise partnership Valorant whatever it's going to be called to not have G two in it. Right, come yeah. on, you're going to have Fnatic, Team Liquid, and Cloud Nine and a hundred Thieves, but you're not going to have G two. Fuck out of here! What the fuck? Yeah, but you know you can't. Not, not you can. All, I mean, they, they can always change things. You can always add them later on if you want potentially when like the controversy kind of like dies down. But I think that's just silly. I think people are just putting too much stock, like you said, into like social media, putting so much value on it. It's like, guys, that's not real life. You know that, right? Yeah, Dan. This is this is where this is where we're at in, in society where um, outcry is now policing from the mob instead of mm-hmm. actual evidence, proof, and uh, things uh, being uh, verified. But you can't speak out against it because then you're labeled. The bad guy. Yeah. It's just it's just crazy. All right, guys. Uh next week, Cloud9 Podcast, 3 p.m. PST, talking about uh LCS, LEC, LPL, LCK teams. Uh, who we think it might be a sleeper team going into the event. How are NA's chances at worlds? Do we think EU will do very well this year at Worlds too? I mean, last past international events have not been very kind to the West. No. Guys. They've got they've gone. A total of zero and twelve from facing the the Eastern teams from the last two international events. They've gone zero and twelve. Okay, guys, that's <laughs> I'm not kidding. Zero and twelve. World twenty twenty one. East versus West zero six. East versus West MSI this year zero six. Don't 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 say that because people are gonna be like, oh well, you know, you made the finals in twenty in twenty nineteen and. <laughs> Come on, stop it! Stop yeah, you it, have man. you have people you have people that go, but the games were close. Those are th- that was three years ago. I guess like, it's three years ago. Get off of that train, man! It's 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 all <laughs> it's over with. But yeah, people are stuck in their delusion. So yeah, I like, hear to go. Oh, but the, it was, it was, but it, was, it wasn't exactly a close three zero. To me, at the end of the day, a three zero is still a three zero. I mean, yeah, sure, it might be a close three zero, but you still didn't win a game. So, yeah, that's just kind of how that works for me. That might sound kind of harsh, but, guys, in the history books, when a team gets 3-0, you do not think of a, that best of three as a close best of three. Let's be completely honest with ourselves here. Let's be thoroughly honest, okay? Um, I wonder if – yeah, I, yeah, they don't have the first matches out yet for the for the wildcard teams yet. I hope they do because, yeah. like, I, I think the playing stage is fun. It's always nice little it's, – it's fun. I don't take anything seriously. I still think Fnatic and EG get out. So it was like, you think EG's better than Fnatic? Yes, I do. Fnatic played like shit. Fnatic looked like horse shit. I yes, think, yes, I do think EG are better than Fnatic. Yes, I do. I, I think they're going to beat the it, shit out of them too. I think until the Ukraine thing gets resolved. I think Riot, and I, I don't mean to extend your show. I think Riot needs to really fix up the format because when you have teams like mm-hmm. RNG and DRX and Fnatic and Mad Lions and Mad <laughs> Lions all in the play-in stage, 
that takes away from the play in um yeah no and, and you're right I, I said it before too if you want the wild card teams to get international practice get these players better at least somewhat better than they already are then you gotta give them you have to have them play against their caliber of competition guys rng is going to destroy every wild card team and you know how i know that they just did it earlier this year remember they got their games erased and they still beat them again very convincingly i don't need to see rng DRX and Mad Lions against Walker teams. I know how that's going to go. <laughs> I mean, are we like deluding ourselves here? Or are we like, are we playing that? Oh, make it dead. No, 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 no. We saw it this year. Their Walker teams are trash, man. I'm sorry. They're fucking dookie shit. There's a reason why they don't do anything. You know? Don't say that. Oh, dude. Oh, dude. I Each year better than Fnatic, dude. Jojo Peons played better than Humanoid. Impacts played better than Bwipo. Inspired played you much better than Razork. Yeah, Impact's been playing much better than Wonder. I'll take Inspired right now over Razork. I'll take Jojo Peon as he is right now over Humanoid. I'll uh, Danny to upset, sure, whatever. Or Kaori, sure. You can have upset. I'm definitely taking Vulcan over Hillisang. I'm pretty sure that's not like anything crazy, right? I mean, e- <laughs> I- I'm just saying, like, all the EG also, players right now are playing much better than Fnatic. Also, take into account that if. EG had won that best of um EG could have won that best of three if what if Danny was there against the hundred mm. thieves. Yeah, you can compare them, dude. You can compare them just fine. How are they better? Uh because the players are playing better. They're playing much better. Like Hillsang's played like shit. Hillsang played like straight up dog shit. I mean, if Fnatic played better at Worlds, then that then that is what it is. But I think going into the event right now, I think EG is just better. Yeah, I mean, that's not, if, like that's not bias. I, if you look at the games that they've played, EG are just a better team, holistically. Yeah, Fnatic yeah, are shit. Yeah, Fnatic are crap. Yeah, if we're looking at this objectively, right? And uh, uh, Z the, Fnatic was very disjointed this entire year. They constantly on the desk, constantly in Pat podcast. They were like, "What's Fnatic's identity?" So it's not, this isn't, we're just, this, this is, and if you were to go back to, first of all, look at the record they ended the year with. If they, and look at the, look at the, like, like, just look at the overall, like, standing. They, they didn't end a good standing. They barely made it into worlds, right? <laughs> That's like, if we look at their just, if we look at their games just against Rogue, this, Last week it was embarrassing. I hope they get. I want Fnatic to get their shit together, and I want them to play well. But as of right now, from how I'm seeing it, they're just not that good. Maybe they might. That's why I think Fnatic need to play in stage to kind of scale up with the event itself. And I, I like to play in stage because you have teams like EG, Fnatic, and Mad Lions who might need to play in stage to kind of scale up with the event. I think that's fine. But if I'm looking at objectively right now, I, Fnatic are, are going to get out of the group. Whether they get out first or second, we know they're going to get out. They're not that. They're not shitty compared to like wild card teams. They are definitely going to get out over them. But how's your trading going for this week? Mm. What do you mean the heck? All right, guys. See you next Wednesday, three PM PST. I'll have more videos dropping for you guys. If there's any roster news or anything newsworthy to talk about, that'll be in video form. Make sure you guys hit the subscribe button if you haven't. Like the stream on the replay. See you guys later. Peace.